The Arabian Nights, the 196th night. The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the jeweler said, The girl said, Wait here until I come back. Then she returned, carrying a heavy bag of money, and giving it to me, said, Go and make God protect you. Where shall we meet? I replied, Come to my house. In the meantime, I will work hard to find Ali ibn Bakar and arrange for you to meet him. All that money made my task seem very easy. She said, I am afraid that you may not be able to find him and meet with him, and that I too may not be able to find you. I said, Come to my other house. I will go there immediately, replace the doors, and secure the place, so that we may meet there safely. She took her leave, and I carried the money home, and, counting it, found it two thousand dinars, and felt happy. Then I gave part of it to my family, and part to my creditors. Then I took my servants with me to the other house, and summoned workmen, who restored the doors and windows, and made them even better than before. Then I left two maids there to keep an eye on the house, and two others to act as servants, and having forgotten my mishap and regained my confidence, went out and headed to Ali ibn Bakar's house. When I arrived, his servants met me, and one of them bade me welcome, kissed my hand, and took me in. When I entered, I saw Ali ibn Bakar lying in bed, unable to speak. I sat down at his side and held his hand. He opened his eyes and said, Welcome, and forcing himself to sit up, added, I thank God to see you again. Then little by little I made him stand up and take a few steps. Then he changed his clothes and drank some wine. All this he did to please me. Then I talked to him about the situation, and when I saw that he was beginning to feel better, I said, I know your aspiration. Be of good cheer, for nothing has recently happened in this regard but what will comfort you and please you. He signalled to the servants, who withdrew, and he said, Have you forgotten what happened to us? But he apologised and asked me to tell him the news, and I told him all that had happened to me after I left him, and all that had happened to Shams al-Nahar. He thanked the Almighty God and praised Him, and said, What a wonderful woman, and what perfect generosity! But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story! Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? The 197th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the jeweler said, When I told Ali ibn Bakar about the money that Shams al-Nahar had given me, he said, What a wonderful woman, and what perfect generosity, adding, I will replace all the utensils and other goods you lost. Then he turned to his steward, 
and gave him an order, and the steward brought in carpets, drapes, and utensils of gold and silver, which exceeded what I had lost, and gave them all to me. I felt embarrassed, thanked him for his generosity, and added, "'Making the two of you happy is dearer to me than all the goods you have given me. Out of my love for you I will even throw myself into peril for your sake.' I stayed with him the rest of that day and night, while he lay weak and wan and kept sighing and weeping. When the day began to break, he said to me, "'You should know that there is an end to everything, and the end of love is either death or enjoyment. I am nearer to death, which is easier and better than this. I wish that I had found fulfilment, relief, and rest, or that my sorrow had put an end to my miserable life. This was our second meeting, and if you help us to meet again, the same thing, as you know, will happen.' How can I bear to go through this agony for the third time, particularly since I have no excuse before anyone after such warning from him to whom belongs the honour and the glory, the benevolent God who has saved us from scandal? I am at a loss, and I do not know how to find a way out of this predicament, and were it not that I fear God, I would hasten my death, knowing that both she and I are doomed to perish although not before our appointed hour. Then he wept bitterly and recited the following verses. How can the sad do anything but weep? I yearn to let you know my love and mourn, and wake all night as if the night has said, O stars, stay fixed and do not heed the morn. I said to him, O my Lord, steal yourself, bear calmly both joy and sorrow alike and be patient. He looked at me and recited the following verses. Have his eyes grown accustomed to their tears, or has his sorrow his patience undone? He used to keep his secrets to himself, but his sore eyes have broadcast everyone, for every time he tries to check his tears, the world checks him and with love interferes. I said to him, I would like to go to the house. It may be that the maid will bring some news. He said, Very well, but please come back quickly, for you see in what condition I am. I went to the house, and hardly had I sat down when the maid came, trembling and crying and looked disconcerted, frightened and dazed. I asked her, What is the matter with you? She replied, What we feared has fallen on us suddenly. When I left you yesterday and returned to my lady, I found her bidding one of the maids who were with us the other night be beaten. The girl ran away, escaping through a door that happened to be open, but one of the gatekeepers appointed to guard the concubines in our quarters stopped her, gave her shelter, and treated her kindly. Then he availed himself of the opportunity and questioned her and she let drop some hints about what we did the first and second nights. He took her at once to the commander of the faithful, who interrogated her until she confessed. Yesterday, the caliph ordered that my lady be removed to his own quarters and set over her twenty eunuchs to guard her, and since then he has not visited her or let her know the reason for her removal. At last, 
as one thing led to another, I succeeded in finding a way to come out. But I do not know what to do, or how to help her, or help myself, for she has none trustier than me, or worthier of her trust. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said to her sister, What a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this, compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? The 198th Night I heard, O happy king, that the jeweller said, The maid said to me, Go to Ali ibn Bakar, and warn him to be on guard, until we find a way out of this situation, or, if we fail, at least to escape with his own life and possessions. This news was such a blow to me, that I could not find the strength to stand up. But after she left, I hurried to Ali ibn Bakar, and said to him, Gird yourself, summon your courage, gather your wits, then compose yourself and shake off your languor, prostration and debility, for there has been a grave development that could cause the destruction of your life and your property. He was alarmed, and his colour changed, and he said to me, Oh, my friend, you have worried me terribly. Tell me everything plainly. I said to him, such and such things have happened, and you are surely lost. He sat dazed for a while, looking as if his soul had left his body. Then he recovered and asked, What shall I do? I replied, Take of your possessions what is valuable, and of your servants those you trust, and I will do the same and head with you to Al-Anbar before the end of the day. He jumped like a madman, and now walking, now stumbling, prepared himself as well as he could, made his excuse to his family, and, giving them his instructions, left the house. We set out for Al-Anbar, and journeyed the rest of the day and most of the night, till close to daybreak, when we unloaded and, tying the legs of our camels, lay down to sleep, forgetting to keep watch. Suddenly, we were attacked by robbers, who took our camels, our possessions, and all the money hidden in our belts, killed all our servants, and, stripping us naked, made off with everything, leaving us in the worst of plights. Then Ali ibn Bakar asked me, Which is better, this or death? I replied, What can we do? It is God's will and decree. We walked on till morning, when we came to a mosque and took refuge there, two destitute strangers who knew no one. We sat in a corner all that day and night, without hearing anything or seeing anyone, man or woman. But when it was morning, a man suddenly came and, after performing his prayers, turned to us and said, But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said to her sister, What a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this, 
compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live. The 199th night. The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the jeweler said, Suddenly a man came in and, after performing his prayers, turned to us and said, Greetings, and may God preserve you. Are you strangers? We replied, Yes, we are. We have been robbed, and we know no one to go to. He asked us, Will you come home with me? I turned to Ali ibn Bakar and said, Let us go with him, for I am afraid that someone may enter the mosque and recognize us. Besides, we are strangers here and have nowhere else to go. He replied, Do as you wish. The man asked, Well, what do you say? Then he took off part of his clothes and covered us, saying, Let us take advantage of this early hour and go now. We went out with him, and when we reached his house, he knocked at the door and a little servant came out and opened it. We entered after our host, who called for a parcel containing clothes and white cloths for turbans and gave them to us. We put on the clothes made ourselves turbans, and sat down. Soon a maid brought in a tray of food and said, Eat with the blessing of the Almighty God. We ate a little, and the girl took away the tray. We remained with our host till nightfall, when Ali ibn Bakar sighed deeply and said to me sadly, You know that I am surely going to die. I have a charge to give you. Namely, that when I die, you will go to my mother and ask her to come here, to have me washed and prepared for burial, and tell her to bear my loss with patience. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this, compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night? if the king spares me and lets me live. The Two Hundredth Night The following night Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the jeweller said, Ali ibn Bakar charged me and asked me to tell his mother to bear his loss with patience. Then he fell in a swoon and remained unconscious for a long time. And when he came to himself, he heard a girl singing the following verses. Adversity has hastened our parting, after our happy love and joyful life. Such parting after joy is bitter pain. Would that a lover were spared such strife. Death's agony but a short moment lasts, but parting's pain stays always in the heart. God has allowed all lovers to unite, but has condemned me and kept us apart. When he heard these verses, he groaned and his soul left his body. 
Then I wrapped him in a shroud and committed his body to the care of our host. Two days later I journeyed in the company of some people. Then I reached Baghdad and entered my house. Then I went to Ali ibn Bakar's house, and when his servants saw me, they came up to me and greeted me. I bade them ask leave of his mother for me to see her, and she gave me leave, and I went in and greeted her. After I sat for a while, I said to her, May God bless you and be kind to you. The Almighty God orders the life of man according to his command, and none can escape his will and decree. When she heard my words, she wept bitterly and said, For God's sake, tell me, is my son dead? But I could not reply, for I was choking with sobs and tears. Her grief was so great that she fell down in a swoon, and the maids rushed in without veils and propped her up. When she came to herself, she asked me, What happened to my son? I replied, Such and such things happened to him, and I am very sorry for him, for by God he was my best and dearest friend. When I finished telling her everything, she said, He should have confided his secret to me. Did he give you any charge? I replied, Yes, he did, and giving her his instructions, left her wailing and crying with her maids. I went out, dazed with grief and blinded with tears, thinking of his youth and recalling the days when I used to visit him, and as I was walking and crying, a woman suddenly grabbed my hand. I looked at her and recognized Shams al-Nahar's maid, dressed in black and looking grief-stricken. When I saw her in this condition, I wept and sobbed more bitterly, and made her weep with me. We walked on until we came to my other house, and when we were inside I asked her, Have you heard the news of Ali ibn Bakar? She replied, No, by God. And I told her, and we both wept again. Then I asked her, What further affliction? caused your lady's death. She replied, The commander of the faithful, as I told you, had her removed to his own quarters, but thinking the accusations absurd, he did not confront her with them because of his love and compassion for her. Indeed, he told her that she was the finest, the most virtuous, the most innocent of her enemy's accusations, and the dearest of all the people to him. Then he ordered for her a beautiful room decorated with gold, and this filled her with alarm and fright. One evening, as he sat to drink and carouse as usual, he summoned his concubines, bidding them be seated in their places, and made Shams al-Nahar sit by his side, in order to show them her status among them and her place in his heart. She sat there, absent-mindedly feeling weak and numb, and her words betrayed her apprehension and fear of what the caliph would do. Then one of the girls sang the following verses. Sad love called for my tears, and they replied, and o'er oh, my burning cheeks they fell and flowed, until my eyes, grown weary of the charge, 
hid what I wished to show, and what lay hidden showed. How can I hope my passion to conceal, when my love's torment every one can see? After my darling, death is to me sweet. I wonder how he would fare after me. When Shams al-Nahar heard these verses, she lost control, burst into tears, and fell down in a swoon. The caliph threw the cup from his hand and drew her to him, but she was already dead. He cried out, and the girls joined him with their cries, and he bade all the vessels and all the musical instruments in the place be broken, and they were broken. Then he hurried out, having bidden her be carried to his private chamber, where he stayed with her the rest of the night. When it was morning, he bade her be washed, wrapped in a shroud, and buried. But he never inquired about her case. Then the maid said to me, I beg you in God's name to let me know the day of the arrival of Ali ibn Bakar's body and his burial. I asked her, Where can I find you? She replied, The commander of the faithful freed all her women, including myself, and I am now staying at her tomb in such and such a place. Then I went out with her to the cemetery visited the tomb and departed. On the fourth day, Ali ibn Bakar's body arrived in Baghdad from Al-Anbar, and people of all classes, both men and women, including myself, went out to meet him. It was a day the like of which I had never seen in Baghdad. Shams al-Nahar's maid joined Ali ibn Bakar's family in the procession, surpassing in grief both young and old as she mourned and lamented with a voice that racked the soul and broke the heart until they reached the cemetery and buried him. From that time on, I have never ceased to visit his tomb. This, then, is the story of Ali ibn Bakar and Shams al-Nahar. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then her sister said, What an entertaining story! Shahrazad replied, Tomorrow night I will tell you a strange and charming tale, a marvellous tale that will entertain you, the Almighty God willing.